Good evening, everyone. My name is Pastor James Dogger Jr., and I'm excited to welcome you to our QR2 Prophecy Edition. We are at our Wednesday night midway point of the week, and I'm excited to just tell you that God is moving, and he has something special in store for you tonight. The Bible declares, and this is, I believe, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, don't be misled. Bad company ruins good character. I'm glad that I'm in good company tonight. I appreciate you guys for coming through and worshiping with with me in the virtual sanctuary. We got folk all over the world who come to celebrate the name of Jesus and to lift him up high tonight. I don't know if you've had a good week. I don't know if your week has been a rough week or one of those just normal, mediocre, run-of-the-mill weeks. Either way, we are just glad that you're here because this is a safe space. This is a space where you can get some encouragement, where you can get some guidance, where the Spirit of God is going to move in a mighty way and convict your spirit. But listen, I did not come here um, to just, just celebrate um, the name of Jesus and how he's been moving in my life. I'm excited because I brought some other people who are going to help me lift up the name of Jesus. I'm not doing it by myself. I got some folk who are with me. Let me go ahead and, and bring in one surprise guest. See, y'all didn't see his face on a flyer. Y'all didn't know he was going to be here tonight, but you better believe I had to invite him because tonight is special. Let me bring in my boy, Pastor Kagia Scott. What's good, Pastor Scott? <laughs> oh, what's happening, man? What's going on? I appreciate you bringing me on today, man, because my boy is about to bring the word of God. And I know he's ready and willing to bring that thing for real tonight. Absolutely. I know he's prepped. I know he's prepared and God is going to move in a mighty way. Can we give some shout outs real quick? Uh, Pastor G, we got some people. Uh, let's see. We got some folk all the way from California. New beginnings. Let me see. We're happy that y'all are in the house. All right. Else, all right. Who else do we have? Oh, yeah. We got uh, Jaquanda Mackey from I've seen Florida. that name before. This Listen, is a regular. This is she's a, regular. a regular man. She's a regular, and we appreciate her. Um, let me see. Who else do we have here? Oh, we got somebody. Where is that? That's from Virginia. New Life hey, SDA Church. All right. Pastor Richard Martin. Uh-oh, look who we got, Pastor Pastor G. Look who we got. We got somebody <laughs> all the way from the UK, from the Shereen UK. Taylor. Thank Come you on, so they much didn't have for to catch the trains, planes, and buses to get here either. No, sir. And look who else we got. My boy, Paul Stevenson, all the way from the Bay Area. We appreciate you. Um, look at this. We got some. Oh, we already know. We got some folk from Bermuda who are in the virtual sanctuary. We appreciate you. Oh, here we go. Deanna is here. We appreciate you for coming through. Uh -huh. Dr. Bushner representing a part of Florida. We appreciate you, Chief, for coming through. Look who else we got, man. We got New Jersey in the virtual sanctuary. That's amazing. What about... Leesburg, uh -oh, Leesburg, Florida. Florida. Nice. All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We got some more. That's hey, listen, we appreciate all of you guys. Look at we are, we even got oh, some folks yeah. from, British from Columbia, DC, Canada. Canada. Come on. Come on man. Uh let's see. South uh, Carolina. That's where my people from. Come on. Yeah, Come on. yeah. We got some folk from all right. That's that? Maryland. Deerfield Beach. Deerfield. Hey, that's my okay. people. That's my Deerfield people. always shows up. Of oh, course, okay. man. They got a special anointing on, on their time. lives. They, have, they not they have to wait till later ones either. They come right on time. Bahamas Look at this, man. We got Bahamas house. in the building. Well, listen, not only do we have all these people from uh, the Bahamas. Oh, Lord. We got Pastor Rashad Burden representing Dothan, Alabama. Let's go a little bit north. Let's go a little bit north from Dothan up to Huntsville, Alabama. And let's see what's happening up there in Huntsville, Alabama. Because I think we had, wait, hold on. Is that Queens, New York? We got, okay, Virginia in the house, man, New Jersey. Listen, we appreciate y'all for coming through to worship with us. This thing is not 
uh, relegated to the United States of America. This is a worldwide experience, man. And we're happy that they are here. Pastor G, tell me what's on your heart. What's on your mind? How you doing? Man, listen, I'm going to tell the people the truth today. I wasn't supposed to be on here, but I called JD. It was like, man, let me get in there with my boy just so I can big him up. It ain't time to introduce him now, but I just no, wanted no. to be here with y'all, man. We having, a, we having a great time over here. I'm going to tell y'all another truth. Listen, if you snore real loud, get you a CPAP. Because, man, that I just used it for the first time last night, and, man, I felt like I slept twice. <laughs> what? Well, okay. I'm glad that you're all rested and energized and ready to go. You always bring the energy. Um, I appreciate you, man. Let me go ahead and, and encourage all of those who are tuning in. Can you all press that share button? Let's go ahead and share this stream. We want to dive right into worship, but before we do, we need you to share this thing with your family, share with your cousins, Absolutely. share with your uncles, your aunties, share with your friends, share with those folk who you think would, in, would enjoy and appreciate this worship experience tonight, because listen, God is about to move. Let me go ahead and bring in somebody all the way from Huntsville, Alabama. I think you might know who she is. She came through once already in the QR2 Prophecy Edition. It is our friend, none other than ML6, Michael Logan. What's going on? Hi everybody! Hey, uh, hey, hey! And let's let's be clear. I'm from Detroit, so Ooh. oh, she's from the crib. I, she oh, here we go. I got two folk up here representing Detroit. Yeah. Oh. You better watch yourself, JD. I'm so sorry. I know you live in Huntsville now, but I forgot. I'm sorry. Hey, you got it. from Detroit, Michigan, <laughs> representing the D. We appreciate you. And I see your HBCU shirt. Thank you for, for representing the HBCUs. Where did you go to school? Tell me. I mean, you know, I am a graduate of Oakwood College, not the university, the college. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. College. Media, all of that. So, you know, I remember the, the small snack bar in the little box. Mm, relegated to that small space. Nobody can fit in that, that old I snack bar. We're cracking. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. That I'm not that I'm not going to say that that age, that tells your age or anything. But yeah, it's now Oakwood University, everybody. Um, <laughs> but she represents Oakwood College, and thank you again, Michael Logan, ML6 for coming through. Listen, we are going to have a good time tonight, and we have our friend, uh, your family member, ML6, uh, who's going to be preaching the Word of God tonight. Let me ask this quick question, real quick. Um, did you all know that those who've been tuning in and worshiping with us? have pushed us beyond the $11,000 mark in sowing seeds to help those who are in financial crisis. I don't know if you guys remember, last night I told you that there was a young lady who is in trouble in a financial you know, situation where she needs some help. And last night after we made the call, y'all know what you did, you responded. And we were able to send her $850 today to help push her through this season of financial struggle. And I want to celebrate you guys. Thank you so much for responding. Y'all always come through. And we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to keep you informed on where your dollars are going. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit sad because we have only, what, a couple more days in our QR2 Prophecy Edition, which means, y'all, we're going to have to live it up. Let's enjoy this time. Y'all ready hey, to enjoy yourselves tonight? Let's get it, Doc. Let's get it. Let's do it. Well, listen, how are things going on? How are things going in your neck of the woods, ML6, up there in Huntsville, Alabama? What's going on up there? Um, things are, are good. We've had some situations, of course, just like everyone else. We've had rallies. Uh, we've had protests that have gone a little left, um, that, you know, tear gas and things of that 
director. Uh, right now, they're in the process of trying to move the statue from in front of the Madison County Courthouse. Uh, that is a representation of so much hurt and just all things bad. So they're trying to do a petition. Uh, the yeah. people said yes, but there's a process. They can't just move it because if they move it, it's $25,000, but they have to figure out where to place it and get approval from the state. But it has been agreed that the statue that's in front of the Madison County Courthouse has to go. So, you know, of course, that's breeding a lot of different things. There's been an incident with a, a an ice cream shop here. Uh, the people found out that the owner was racist and that ice cream shop now is closed down and the company is looking for a new owner. Uh, so things are happening even down here in Huntsville, Alabama. I mean, it is Alabama, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, but for the most part, we have elections coming up in June, July. So voting is very important. We're stressing voting, registering to vote, you know, by July 9th and, or June 9th or June 29th, excuse me. And then July 14th, our primary election. So we're just kind of trying to push that because we have to get the people to understand that you can't be mad at what happens big if you're not voting small. Those mm. things are very important. You have to do your local voting, state voting. Then it goes up to presidency because all of those things flow. It starts at the bottom and it goes to the top. So we're really trying to enforce and encourage. I hate, I'm, I'm using this word, hate, because I do hate that we have to push so hard to get people to register to vote. It, it bothers me from the inside that what the people before us fought so hard for, we have to fight to get people to do just that. And then looking at the things that happened in Kentucky yesterday where they tried to, they closed the doors on the people that were in line and that they had to go through all that. One of the biggest counties in Kentucky with majority African-American people they only had one polling place, but shout out to the people in Kentucky who fought and got in that building and they were able to vote. It's a shame that as a country, we have to go through what we're going through and that we're still fighting to be free and to just get basic human everyday rights. So that's just kind of an overview of the things that are going on down here, down south. <laughs> well, thank you for that overview. And I think that that is a very valid point that we have to register and vote. Listen, it's as easy because it's 2012. Let's just, I mean, 20. It's, let's just be honest. In 2020, you can Google how to register to vote. It's as simple as just going to look it up. Everything you need to know. Vote.gov. There it is. Vote. Vote.gov, y'all. Go there. Make sure that you are registered and prepared to vote. We're not just focused on the executive branch, but we need to vote as it relates to the legislative and the judicial branch. We need guys to vote. So we encourage you. And thank you so much for that inspiring moment um, that you're pushing us. Because look, ML6 comes through and she don't play. She tells us exactly what we need to hear. We always appreciate that. We always do. So listen, listen. I want to just offer this opportunity for the people who are tuning in to worship with us now. I want to offer this opportunity for you to vote or for you to vote, for you to partner. Yes, go and vote. But I want you to partner with us um, in this season. And I want to go ahead and just show you how you can do that. If you want to sow a seed with us um, in order to help those who are in financial crisis, Pastor G, go ahead and tell them how they can do it. On Cash App, you do dollar sign The Q Revival. And then if you don't have Cash App, you'll go over to PayPal, paypal.me slash the Q Revival. And if you don't have PayPal or Cash App, you can just go to www.theqrevival.com. 
Thank you. And I also want you to know that we need you. We need you. Hear me, y'all. We need you to go to our website, www.thecurevival.com, and click that subscribe button because we want to keep you guys abreast. We want to keep you posted on what we're going to be doing moving forward. After Saturday night, as we conclude the QR2 Prophecy Edition, we have some other things that we want to do, but we want you all to stay informed. So if you don't mind, go ahead and go to that website, www.thecurevival.com, press subscribe, and we will keep you up to date on all of what God is doing with us here at the QR2. Listen, we have some people who we need to be praying for. Um, one of those individuals is none other than our friend, um, ML6, I'm sure you heard, Demi. Um, he is struggling now. Um, he was in a, a severe accident this past weekend, and we're calling Demi's name out in prayer. Demi, he's he's in the hospital, and we're hearing that things, we're hoping and, and hearing that things are going in the right direction, but let's just continue to keep Demi's name lifted up in prayer. Guess what, y'all? Pastor G, ML6, we have our first baptismal candidate who's going to be virtually baptized tomorrow as a result of what God has been doing through the preachers, through the singers, through this QR2 experience. And we're excited about it. This is what I want you guys to do. If you can mention Sister B, we're going to call her Sister B. All right. Let's mention Sister B in prayer as we are excited about a virtual baptism that is going to take place as a result of what God is doing here and how he's moving in her life. So again, Sister B is going to get baptized and we're going to mention her in prayer. What else do we need to pray about, y'all? Anything else we need to pray about? We want to keep the C family, the C family in, in prayer in Nashville. Absolutely. Extra loss to a lot of us. So we want to make sure we keep them in prayer. Uh, his wife, Sister Tara, his sons, George and Hammond, uh, the entire family as they are grieving as Oakwood College, the community is grieving uh, the loss of that great, knowledgeable man. Absolutely. Anything that you can think of, Pastor G? I'm just thinking, you know, after after time goes by, we we know it kind of gets harder when the when the calls stop. So we want to continue to play for Walter Pearson's family as well. Yeah. Absolutely. How about this? Do you mind praying for us? Pastor Kagia Scott, can you take us to the throne and pray for us this evening? Dear Lord, we love you so much. We are so grateful that you are our God. We're so grateful, Lord, that you set some things in motion before we were even born so that we may be saved. Lord, we look around and we see Corona and we see uh, uh, um, the suppression of votes and we see uh, systematic racism, Lord. We see or a, a, a death and sickness all around us, but we know that this is not all. We know that you created this thing and you're going to recreate it. We know that one day, Lord, all things will become new. And we're so grateful that you had a plan in place. And Lord, we want to thank you from the bottom of our heart and praise God for the decision that Sister B has made. Lord, we ask that this time, Lord, that that every single one that that is able to hear this prayer. 5,000 people that will pay attention and watch uh, uh, this 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 episode today. I, I pray that all of them throw up a prayer for Sister B. Wouldn't it be wonderful if 5,000 voices prayed for somebody making a decision uh, to join the house of the Lord? Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And then, Lord, we want to pray for uh, the families that are in bereavement, Lord, both the Pearson family, Lord, uh, and, and Russell C's family, Lord. We ask you to continue to comfort them and, and, and let them know it it's all right uh, to mourn, but they also have something that they can look forward to when you 
return in the clouds, Lord. And so we just thank you for that. Lord, we ask you to bless everything that's about to go down in here. We know you've been with us, Lord, for, for, for three and a half weeks and you was with us uh, in the other revival. So Lord, we're not acting like we're asking you to come and it's a brand new thing, but we're just asking you to stay. Don't leave early. We're just asking you to bask in, in this worship and praise that we're having, Lord. And, and we're asking for the comforter, not only the, as a comforter, Lord, but as the Holy Spirit to lead and move in each heart that hears the message. So so that they're not just being entertained, not just being uh, uh, um, having something to do for an hour, Lord, but that something happens in their hearts. Not just those that need to join the church, but those that are in the church that need to be revived. We ask, Lord, that 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 there's power that leaves from off of the, their device and jumps up in their spirit, Lord. And when they go to sleep, it won't be like when they went to sleep the night before. And I just thank you because I know it's possible and I know it's in your will and therefore it will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen again. Amen. Amen. Let me bring ML6 back in here. Listen, we got somebody who's about to preach tonight. We celebrate what God did last night. Let's go ahead and just pause real quick and celebrate Pastor Marquise Johns for that power packed word that he brought last night. God moved in a mighty way. And tonight we're excited to go a little bit higher. We're excited that the spirit of God is here. Now, I brought ML6 in here because ML6 has a special connection to this young man, this preacher who's going to preach tonight. So I'm going to ask both of you because you have unique relationships with him. If you could just share just anything that's on your heart. Let the people know what you think about this young man. And look, we're going to keep it uh, positive. We're going to keep it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, it's we're not a roast. It. Right. It's not a roast. It's not a roast. No, honestly and truly, if you don't mind, ML6, tell us a little bit about Austin Humphreys and then Pastor G. I want you to follow up and give us a little bit more. Okay. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Okay, um, so I'm supposed to talk about this man of God. <laughs> You're supposed to just just give us two sentences, three sentences uh, about this man of God. Okay, so this man of God that is about to come before us is very special to me in so many ways. Um, from the time he was born, I didn't really want him because I was the oldest grandchild. <laughs> um, he would come spend nights with us in Detroit. Um, I was his actually his parents' first child. And then he came along and it just switched things up. But ever since Austin has come into my life, he's been more like my brother. Uh, fast forward to 2013 when I was diagnosed with cancer. This guy stepped up to the plate. Um, I prayed that he wouldn't be moved to a church until I got through my first round of chemo. And God literally answered my prayer because he knew that I needed my cousin for my first treatment. And he showed up. Austin has shown up for me. In so many ways, I promise you all, I look at him and he's one of my favorite pastors, preachers in the entire world. Um, I respect and honor him for the man of God that he is. I love him for being my favorite cousin. Uh, I love him for being my favorite brother. Just my favorite, one of my favorite human beings. Uh, he is my diary and I am so honored to be here to witness just another opportunity for him to share God's love. I tell him all the time that his father would be so, 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 so proud of him. Uh, and just to see as he has blossomed into this amazing preacher, because he preaches all the way 
down. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to this common lore that we're going to have this evening with one of my favorite people in the entire world. Uh, I used to push him out the bed, but now I'm pushing him forward in every endeavor that he tries to do in life. So listen, we got to welcome one of my favorites, Pastor Austin Humphreys. <laughs> Man, see, that's good. Now, G, I'm going to give you the opportunity to share a little bit more, after which we're going to hear from our friend, uh, the song of meditation, the song of preparation. Uh, but if you don't mind, go ahead and, and share with us real quick. Listen, she already talked about the fact that the man of God, the preacher, the one that's going to bring a word like you don't believe, that guy is not only a preacher, but just a wonderful all-around guy. Yo, he's just a wonderful, just a good dude. And so this good dude, though, is about to bring a good word. This good dude has a job. He pastors two churches here in North Carolina, one in Murfreesboro, one in Washington. This good dude, hey, I don't know if he lucked out or if he just had mad game, but he he got him a wonderful wife named Jaleesa, man, and she is so great. We just love being uh, neighbors with those families, with that family. And then not only does he have Jaleesa, man, but he has one of the best dogs I know. Listen, he got a dog named Bane, man, and I consider Bane family too and so 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 this this wonderful preacher is also a wonderful guy but let me let me let me let you in on something he's been working on the word of god for the people of god for tonight and I'm glad that he, he just put this thing together last night. He didn't just put it together last week, but he's been thinking about you all. He's been thinking about every one of you and he's been preparing and the Holy Ghost has been helping him. So I look forward to the man of God that I've heard preach uh, maybe 20, 30 times, bringing one more awesome word from the throne room of God. Hear ye him. You met me deep in my despair to show me you would never leave me there. You claim because I was made for so much more. I am your child and I'm worth fighting for so heavy with the weight of my mistakes you carried me. And refuse to let me sink under the pressure you meant for me to soar. I am your child, and I'm worth fighting for. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard all you have planned for me, and nothing can separate me from your love when there's so much more still worth fighting for now i'm moving by faith and not by sight towards victory by the power of your might you're straightening out my path and opening every door i am your child and i'm worth fighting for haven't heard
Lord, nothing can separate me from your love. That's why I'm pressing toward the mark Because the calling on my life is worth And I'll keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus Because the peace it brings Anybody know you got the victory? Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Oh, I told Satan, get thee behind. Because victory, I said victory, I said victory. 
Today is mine And it's in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus We have the victory Oh, in the name of Jesus In the name, the strong name of Jesus Satan will have to flee Oh, tell me Who can stand before us When we call on that great name His name is Jesus Jesus Christ the victory oh yeah yeah hallelujah thank yeah. you Jesus my lord my lord we are excited today to be able to welcome my brother Austin Humphreys into the virtual sanctuary. I know you're ready to preach after George Powell done set you up. We thank George Powell for his ministry. He, by the way, is the minister of music over at the Alpha SDA Church. That's where our friend and brother, Pastor Laurent Grovender, pastors in Austin, Texas. So again, thank you, George Powell, for setting the table. But boy, we ready to eat. I brought my plate. I brought my napkin. I brought my, my fork and my knife. Let's go. Austin, we're excited that you are here. Yo, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I am excited to be in the virtual building for the QR Revival 2. First and foremost, I want to give honor to God, who is the head of my life. I'm grateful and honored to be here. I just want to say, man, I am ready to birth this word. I've waited for four weeks, J.D., so I'm ready to get in. <laughs> man, let me just say to you, man. Thank you for being such a gift to the body of Christ. We continue to go way back. So praise God for you, man. Listen, don't be afraid to jump on the, on the screen and shout with me in this word if you don't mind. I'm thankful and grateful also for my brother in ministry, uh, just Pastor Gia Scott, anointed man of God. He is my brother. We co-pastor together. I now worship uh, every Saturday at 11 and on Wednesdays for our four churches in the area. This is my brother. We, we host a podcast together. This is my man. So man, thank you for your kind words, but also i like to thank God for my big sister, not my cousin. She's my big sister, and I love her dearly. We go way back. Um, she's my favorite, and we, we both say it to each other. And so I'm just grateful to have the love and support. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, before I say anything else, I do want to give honor to the family of Dr. Russell C. He was a gift to the body of Christ, and he will be dearly missed. He was a pulpiteer, and I hope tonight that I can do justice to the text, as he taught many of us who were in the chat uh, tonight can celebrate the fact that we are going to see him one day real soon. Well, JD, I don't have any more pleasantries. Uh, the sensei, if you're watching, man, praise God for you. Thank you for, for bringing us and ushering us in. Corey, I see you, man. I, I'm ready to break bread. I'd like to summon your senses and invite your intellect to the book of Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. This is a familiar passage to some and an unfamiliar passage to others, regardless I hope that we can tread among unfamiliar territory tonight. 
I'll be reading out the New King James Version, Revelation 2, 8 through 11. This is what the word of the Lord does so eloquently declare. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write these things, says the first and the last who was dead, <laughs> but came to life. I know your works, tribulations, poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say that they are Jews and are not but they are of the synagogue of Satan. Verse 10, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw you into prison. Uh, the Bible says, and you, will, and you will continue to suffer, but you will be tested and there will be tribulation for 10 days, but be faithful until death and I will give you a crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. I just want to preach for a few moments this evening under the title, No Crush, No Crown. No, no, no crush, uh, no crown. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the total sufficiency of Jesus Christ. God, I'm asking you to have your way in the virtual space for today. I've studied, but I still need your spirit. I've prepared, but I still need your power. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. No, no crush, no crown. Uh, several years ago, a man died who was extremely wealthy. In his will, he had very expensive art pieces worth tens of thousands of dollars. This man had a son who had died right before him, a son whom he loved, and his son would have been his only heir. Soon after the death of this wealthy man, a public auction was held that included the valuable art pieces. People came from all over the world to experience and buy the famous artwork. Over a thousand people gathered to participate in the auction, and the auctioneer began the, began the auction by offering up the sale of a portrait painted by the deceased son. It was a rather plain painting. You could tell it was a painting done by a child, not at all like the other expensive art pieces in the room. The floor opened up for bidding, but nobody said a word. After what seemed like long silence, a little old man walked down the aisle as he neared the front of the room. The auctioneer recognized him. He had been a servant of the wealthy man and the son for years, and he loved them dearly and was, was heartbroken by the loss. He meagerly and almost shamelessly offered up a couple of dollars from his pocket to buy the child-drawn portrait. The auctioner hit the gavel and said so. And finally, many people in the room shifted with excitement, preparing for the main part of the selling to begin. But to their surprise and disappointment, the auctioner hit the gavel again and said the auction is over. The room was filled with loud chatter and confusion, wondering at the early close of the auction. The auctioner went on to explain in the wheel of the master, the instructions, I'm going somewhere, the instructions specifically said to offer the sale of the painting drawn by the sun first, and whoever gets the painting of the sun gets the entire collection from the father. The master had decided well in advance that whosoever loves the son and accepted him could not only have the son's work, but also have the benefits that belong to the father. I don't know about you today on QR Revival, but I came here to let you know today that I'm thankful that the love I have for Jesus Christ gives me all the benefits that the Father has to offer. See, I love God not for the stuff that I get. I love him for who he is. 
Despite what I'm going through at the end of the day, here it is. Just give me Jesus. I'm going at, I, I, despite what I'm going through, despite what I'm feeling, when I look back over my life and I think about how I managed the tension, endured the pain, overcame the loss, survived the heartbreak, it's all because it was nobody but Jesus. If it had not been, I'm sorry for the Lord who was on our side. I don't know where we'd be. And in spite of situations that pull me down in life, JD, I'm trying to hold my mule. I can gain the benefit of the Father and what he has in store for me. When my heart belongs to Jesus, I can benefit for what the Father has. And this is the discipline and the discourse found in Revelation 2, 8 through 11. Christ, our blessed risen Redeemer, has dedicated love letters to John to give to each of the seven congregations in Asia. The first letter was addressed to Ephesus. And here in our text, the second letter is addressed to Smyrna, a large, wealthy, gorgeous city claiming to be the glory of Asia, known to be in large part for the Olympic events. This was a place for visitors to come and find success. And while everything was beautiful for visitors who were, out, were outsiders that were looking in, the city had a different reality on the inside, especially for the early Christians. Life of a Christian in the community of Smyrna was one of the worst experiences within the early church that we know of. And even though the city was prominent for celebration and prosperity, the church was also known for affliction, for, for affliction and, and, and poverty. The situation for the church was rough. They were openly and publicly beaten. They were threatened and put to death all because they chose not to conform to society's ideals and lifestyles of worship. Hear me, injustice, the injustice that the Christians experienced were unspeakable and their blood was in the streets. They were beaten in front of onlookers, killed while witnesses watched. Their names were dragged through the mud and you think that after all of this pressure, they would be crushed and leave the faith because of difficulty. But no, not these Christians in Smyrna. They were disappointed, but they were not defeated. They were suppressed, but they were secure. They were hurting, but they were not hopeless. They wouldn't give up on their God. And although in a dire, dangerous situation, the Christians in Smyrna were found faithful. And while Ephesus was rebuked for not having enough love, Smyrna, all they had was the unmatched love of Christ. And here at the worst of times, Dr. Bushner, Jesus sends a letter to the persecuted members of this church. Beloved, I want y'all to see this. I want you to look closely at how Jesus introduces himself in this letter. Here in Smyrna, Christ gives one of the most encouraging, heartfelt introductions about himself to a church that needs to be lifted out of despair. J.D., don't miss this. This is going to bless you. He does not want, he's not telling them he's coming to rescue them. He does not tell them he's got a plan to save them. No, instead, he tells the messengers of the church, I want you to tell them that I am the first and the last, the one who was dead but came to life. Y'all missed that. I'll say it again. After all of their dysfunction and their pain, after all that they were going Going through. There is no plan to save them. The only thing he wants them to know is that I am the first and the last, the one who was dead, but who came to life. See, in the opening portions of this message to the persecuted Christians, he reveals himself by reminding them of who he is and what he's already done. I am the first and the last. I'm the one who started it and I'm the one that can finish it. But watch this. He says, I was the one who was dead, but came to life in the Greek came to life. It's the aorist tense describing an action completed in the past that has effects for the present 
and the future. Jesus begins his message to these Christians by reassuring them that he qualifies to receive their loyal trust because he has conquered and has authority over what they are scared of. He has experienced the worst portions of life and he came back to life after being dead. He identifies with this church. Jesus is telling them that no matter what happens to you, here it is, Marquise, take courage because I'm alive. Y'all don't feel that. See, 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 I, I wish I had somebody who could testify. That's a word for somebody. You ought to get cited for the fact that Jesus is alive. I know we celebrate over temporary things that will one day fade away, but I just wonder, is there anybody on the call tonight? Is there anybody online tonight that can testify that you thankful that Jesus is alive? See, he died for my sins, but he got up for me. Ooh, that's, that's, that's good. I'll say it again. He, he died for my sins, but, but he got up for me. And I'm thankful that Jesus is alive. They don't have anything to hold on to. They don't have anything to be glad about other than the fact that Jesus is alive. And the basis of my shout, the foundation of my praise is rooted in the fact that Jesus is alive. Other gods and profound historic deities throughout history are dead, but the only one who claimed to be the son of God was once dead, but has rose again. And you can visit his tomb. But I'm going to tell you right now, the tomb is empty and we ought to celebrate that Jesus is alive. I can't give up because he's alive. It's the rock that I stand on. It keeps me sane and secure. I know because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And in and, and this here, my brothers, this is in antiquity. These words from Jesus come at a time when it's most needed in the passage here. I just want to share a few things to highlight for consideration to help us to continue to be found faithful. In the eyes of Christ, the text first thing text to teach us is that Jesus celebrates the fact that they've been resilient in seasons of distress. Here, here it is. Text says uh, in the love letter, "I know your works. I know your works. I'm fully acquainted with what you're going through. I know. Uh, let me say it again. I, I know your works. I know what you're going through. I know your suffering. I know your pain. I know you feel like your problems have isolated you. I, I know that the mistreatment has caused you to feel alone, but I know what you're going through. And if I can be honest tonight, that's a word for me and somebody else listening, because the reality is all of us experience having the feeling of being overwhelmed and afraid and it feels like nobody understands but the good news early in the text that if no one else knows I'm thankful that Jesus knows Jesus knows he gets it he understands he knows that we're stretched thin he knows that we're tired he knows that we're worn out I'm thankful that Jesus knows all about my troubles and see I love this text because it also lets us know that Jesus understands and knows our tribulation. Marquise, help me with this. The word in the Greek actually is for tribulation is affliction or persecution. The literal translation literally is pressure. The burden that crushes pressure, pressure. And here in antiquity, this literal reality for the persecuted church and for that time, that that day the Christians would be captured, they would be tortured, they would literally be persecuted and they would have severe and be under immersed pressure, set on fire, stripped of their homes. It was real pressure. In fact, the pressure was also literal. Christians would be stripped to the ground, they would be they would be fastened to the floor, and people would take a large boulder and place it on top of their chest. This created pressure, causing the believer to fight and gasp for air. This was a tactic to get the believer to denounce Christ. 
They are literally being crushed on all sides. And here, what God is saying is, I know the pressure that you've been under. I know about the weight that you're trying to manage. And I know in the virtual room on tonight, there are people who can testify. You are acquainted with pressure. You got pressure at home, pressure on your job. And if we can be honest, in our communities today, we are under pressure. But some of us got pressure that, that we can't really expose to nobody. It's a personal pressure. You feel weighed down. And God says, I see the weight you're trying to manage, but mature Christians know, Corey, that you don't have to handle the pressure by yourself. Notice the text says, I know it's a personal understanding. In other words, Rashad, Jesus does not have a second hand to, to or, or he has not he has not a second hand to knowing your suffering. He's right there with you. He knows exactly what you're going through because he's always been by your side. Okay, let me help you with this. Uh, I, I, I have nice broad shoulders. I, I I love to work out. I'm not gonna lie, JD. I'll be honest. I love to work out. One of the things I missed in COVID nineteen is going to the gym. JD, I ain't trying to brag, but 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 I'm good on the bench press, and uh, I can bench press about 365, right? I, stay here with me, JD. And, and it's interesting, James, that 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 I, I can lift that weight, but I can't lift that weight by myself. See, in order for me to lift the weight, I like to find people in the gym that look a little stronger than me because I want to ask them to be my spotter. Ah, see, see, now when you're lifting heavy weights. You need someone to be the spotter. Now, a good spotter I'm gonna, uh, does some things when you're lifting the weight. As I prepare to lift the weight myself, it's my weight. I know I have to lift it. But the good spotter knows that as I begin to lift the weight, the spotter puts his hands on the bar. And while he has his hands on the bar, I'm able to lift and have the reassurance. I'm thankful for the fact that the spotter has his hands securely on the weight. And while I'm pushing it, a good spotter doesn't just have his hand on the weights, but also a good spotter will talk to you while you're managing your weight. He'll tell you, oh, that's good. That's good. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Lift it. It ain't that heavy. It's a little easy. That's lightweight. That's lightweight. You can do it. Give me one more. Give me two more. I came by to let someone know today that Jesus is a divine spot. Is there anybody in the virtual building that can testify? You're thankful that Jesus has his hands on your situation. Aren't you grateful today that he put his hands on the pressure that you were experiencing? But don't you know he don't just put his hands on you, but he talks to you too. And how many Christians know that just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right? I came to let somebody know today that Jesus has his hands on my city situation. Here it is. I love this because it's not just the duplicity of their predicament. Y'all understand the pressure for them was twice fold. They were also under a great deal of slander and extreme poverty. The city was a center of, of emperor worship. Once a year, every Roman citizen was obligated to perform religious duties, burning of incense on the altar to the godhead of Caesar. You could worship whoever you wanted to once a year, as long as you acknowledge that Caesar was the true Godhead. But anybody who refused would be persecuted and excluded from the guilds. The guilds is actually organizations that provide local work because they did not serve and want to proclaim that Caesar was Lord. They were literally kept from working at all. They literally had nothing but to make matters worse. Their names were dragged through the mud by Jews. See, it wasn't just pressure from the outside government. It was also pressure 
from inside the community. Bitterness filled the hearts of the Jews, and they don't miss this, JD. They joined the pagans in hating the persecuted Christians. They slandered the Christians' names before the local government, making malice accusations, stirring up the pagans to literally persecute them. JD, you got to get this. Jewish synagogue leaders who claimed to be men of God had secret relationships with the local government. Oh God, help me, help me, help me. Which means that they would rat out the Christians and have them persecuted. Literally, people who claimed to be men of God were persecuting the people of God. And Jesus says, I know the blasphemy of those who call themselves Jews, and they are not. They are the synagogue of Satan. In other words, they are publicly professed. They love God, but they have secretly made deals with the enemy. God, help me to preach in here. See, he can no longer call them the house of God because the actions of church leaders have turned it into the synagogue of Satan. Corey, help me to preach this thing. We are currently living in a society right now where those who claim to love God, those who even lead God's church are in support of movements that oppress and degrade people, not just of color, but people who don't look like them, don't talk like them and don't act like them. And I believe this in the last days, some of the greatest enemies are not going to come outside the church. The greatest enemies are going to be the ones that profess to love the Lord. Literally, these Jews had the circumcision of the body, but did not have the circumcision of the heart. Literally, the Jews helped bring extreme poverty to the Christians. That word poverty literally means they possessed nothing. They literally had nothing to their names or the valuables were gone. The Lord, the, Corey, I love this man, but the Lord sees all of their struggle. He sees all of their pain. He sees the slander. And what Jesus responds is a beautiful thing. Jesus says, I see all of that, but you're rich. Y'all missed that. He says, I, 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 I see all your slander. <laughs> I see all your pain, but I want you to know, uh, uh, you're rich. And I know, I know, I'm sorry, y'all. I know, I know some of y'all can't shout over that because you bought into this modern day prosperity propaganda where you can manifest whatever you want on your own, reach up and grab it. But for the rest of us who can just testify, that's a shout for me because I learned that in my struggle for him, God says, I am rich. I love that Jesus assures that their poverty is only temporal, Corey. It's temporal. It cannot literally, uh, it's something that cannot hold them back. The enemy could take their possessions, but they could not take what they had in spiritual things. They were rich in faith and grace and had laid up treasure. That word rich literally means they were abundantly wealthy. They lived for in eternal values that would never change. Riches that could never be taken away. In fact, oh, y'all gonna love this. Their suffering for Christ only increased their riches. The more they were crushed, the greater their wealth in heaven. No pain, no gain, because the blessing was in the crushings. Okay, you, you can't appreciate that, but because I, I, I try to be a biblical scholar every now and then, you gotta understand that Smyrna, the word, is synonymous with myrrh. Huh. See, so myrrh is a strong fragrance that we know of that was given to Christ on his birth that was laid upon him on his death. In fact, myrrh is a healing ointment, but is more specifically used for embalming the dead and anointing the temple with sweet aroma. 
the chief ingredients to making the ointment, this is gonna bless you, is simply made by the crushing and the bleeding of a thorny myrrh plant. God help me to preach. This thorny plant grows eight to nine feet high. Myrrh is very bitter when you taste it, but it offers a sweet aroma. The more, Corey, the plant is crushed and bruised, the greater the fragrance is. Am I talking to myself in here? The name of Smyrna therefore indicates that suffering and persecution, which only proves as a blessing, Smyrna would be crushed by persecution, but as a result, they would be like a sweet, expensive fragrance to God. God says, you're rich. Ah, so help me, help me, help me, Rashad, preach this. You're rich in your heart, not rich in your pockets. And JD, can I have, can you help me with this? Sometimes you can't celebrate over what you got in your pocket. You gotta celebrate what's in your heart. I'm struggling but I got Jesus. I'm beaten, but I got Jesus. My house is gone, but his name is a strong tower. I'm wounded, but by his stripes I'm healed. I'm tired, but he never sleeps nor slumbers. They look to destroy me, but I look to the hills. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. Just give me Jesus. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world cannot take it away. This word is for people that aren't going to be too bougie to admit that things have been tough in your life. You are not okay. You are stressed out. You are concerned. You are struggling. You are tired and mad as hell. But thanks be to God that Jesus is with us. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that is revealed. God, help me to preach this thing today. God says, huh? I see you suffering, but God says you're rich. You're rich. You're rich. You're rich, huh? I'm taking too much time, JD. I'm sorry. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, he here, God, honors their resilience, but his response to their faithfulness is to let them know things are about to get worse. Okay. Uh, he offers them no easy solution, a way of escape. God just says, I'm going to give you my peace. Second point is this. He celebrates, he celebrates their resilience. But Jesus offers them the gift of peace in upcoming discomfort. God says, I don't want you to fear what's about to happen. I wish I had something better to tell you, y'all. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you that loving Jesus only brought calm waters and green passion. I wish I could tell you that in 30 days, things would turn around in your favor. No, that's not what the Bible says. And we got to be careful, y'all to be careful of listening to certain preachers and teachers in this era of get it now theology. It teaches you that if you sow the right seed, if you say the right thing, your blessing is on the way. Can I tell you that that's not the reality for most of our Christians? You can do everything right and still suffer. You can be faithful and things can still get worse. Am I the only one that can testify that when it rains, it pours? One thing after another seems to come your way. And what's next for these faithful Christians is suffering, imprisonment, and trials. And what Jesus says is, Stop fearing. Okay. Okay. I got to help you with the Greek. Uh, 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 it's the present imperatives that suggests stop fearing. Don't fear is a continual ongoing attitude or action. Stop fearing because you know that I'm in control. I am faithful to my promise. See, the, the knowledge of his presence should be enough to give you peace. The fact that I'm in control of spite of your concerns and whatever you're experiencing, maybe you can be strong because you know I'm with you. It's the peace, y'all, that passes all understanding. That's what God says. 
Look, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God says he's going to be with you. We are going to experience trouble. In fact, the Bible lets us know that he even told Peter, the devil wishes to sift you as wheat. But God didn't say, I'm going to deliver you. God just says, I'm going to pray for you. See, God, I love this man. God lets us know in his word. I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. God says, I need you to take heart and I need you to find the control and peace in me. Okay, let me help you understand this concept of peace. There were two painters, uh, JD, in a contest, and they were said that they could paint the picture of peace the best. One painter painted the sunset with the sun going down, calm waters. It looked very nice and the picture was still and very calming. But the other painter in the contest painted the picture of a storm. In it, the sky was dark and there was lightning and thunder, dark clouds rolling over the, all over the place. The picture showed the waves crashing against the rocks. Things looked very chaotic. After brief discussion, the judges decided to go with the painting that looked stressful and gloomy. The first painter in disbelief said to himself, how in the world could you, could you pick this picture with all of its chaos, all of its winds and its waves? And they said to him, yes. All that you say is true. The storm is raging. The winds are out of control. But if you look closely in the corner of the painting, at the bottom, there's a bird on top of the rock and the, and the bird is singing on the rock. I came by to let somebody know today that you can find safety and security in the rock. Even when storms come, I can sing and have peace because I realize that God is in control. I'm thankful for the fact today that he walks with me and talks with me, tells me that I am his own. I can Sing in the midst of chaos. See, this type of peace is needed for families that are about to be pulled apart from those thrown in prison. Prison in those days was designed for two main reasons. To change their ideals and to be a holdover for those executed. This effort was also designed to make the believer stop trusting in God. That if you gave up on your beliefs, you would be set free. But here is the good news in tribulation. You are going to suffer, he says, 10 days. You are going to be tested. Your faith is going to be put in a tight space. But God says, hang in there because the blessed assurance is in is only going to be last. The blessed assurance is knowing that the trouble is only going to last for 10 days. These scholars for years have gone back and forth over the meaning of the 10 days, what period time it actually represents. But to stay true to the text, Marquise, we have to remember that Jesus is speaking to a literal church. That means in the text, in the Greek, it literally means 10 days literally means a short time. I know that you're dealing with great tribulation and hardship, but God says, be of good cheer. I don't want you to trip because trouble don't last always. I wish I was talking to somebody in here. I know it's tough. I know you're going through it, but baby, trouble don't last always. I know this word is for somebody who can know that I ain't going to go through this always. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Jesus, that trouble doesn't last always. Y'all, man, listen, I love my churches, and I miss our, our, our times when we get a chance to have a testimony service. And I got, I got some older members, and, and every time they say, stand up and testify. They say, look, I first want to give honor to God who is the head of my life, the sustainer of all things good. And they always say, I thank God that last night wasn't my last night and my cooling, my, my bed was not my cooling table. And one of my members opened up her mouth and she testified that, that her water was out that week and her power was out that week. And she 
could not get the car running and she was low on food. Now she testified, she began to cry. And I was prepared as, as a good pastor to encourage her in the Lord, to let her know that we were gonna stand by her. And as she began to cry, she started to smile. She says, but you know what, pastor? I had devotion this morning and I found out that Jesus is still with me. And I'm just thankful that even though I'm going through all of these terrible seasons, the one thing I can always count on is that Jesus is gonna be right there with me. So I got peace that passes all understanding because of the hope that his presence always gives me. I'm almost done, almost done. Uh, the text says, let us know uh, uh, that, that we can be thankful and grateful for the fact that he, he, he gifts us with peace. But the last thing is, my resilience for him brings reward for me. Here the text says, be faithful until death and I'm going to give you a crown of life. See, see, see you, you can't appreciate that because you missed the personal pronouns in the text earlier. God says, I know and I will. He's saying, I'm so invested in you. I love you on such a deep level that I'm going to give you something that's greater than your sufferings. All you have to do is endure and be faithful until death. And I'm going to give you a crown of life. See, there's the hope. The hope is knowing that Jesus has already conquered the grave, that even in death, we are covered because the crown of life is placed over our head. That, that crown, that word crown, is significant meaning for people in Smyrna because the crown of life was typically given to the winners awarded in the annual athletic tournaments. Smyrna was a key participant in the games, so this promise would resonate with the members living there. The Lord reinforces the promise given by James 1-12 and assured his people that there was nothing to fear because they put their trust in him. They were overcomers and victors of this race, and because all of them were overcomers, they had nothing to fear, even if they died in the Lord. They would fall asleep, but awake into glory, wearing a crown. And see, this is important because within the games of, of, of Smyrna, the Roman emperor would place a crown on the head of the victor, but there'd only be one winner. The riches were bestowed unto them, and the stamp of approval was marked JC for Julius Caesar. But the church was not interested in a crown from Julius Caesar because they knew that only one winner could be had. So they'd rather have the crown of Jesus Christ because it gives it to everybody that's an overcomer. See, you don't have to be the best. God just says, finish the race. The crown of life is given to them because they paid the because Christ paid the price on the cross way back on Calvary. So therefore, because the crown of life is put on your head, you don't have to experience the second death. They never would face the awful judgment of the second death, which is the lake of fire reserved for the wicked and the unfaithful. You don't have to fear the sting of death as a believer because the blood that was spilled on a tree gives us access to the crown of life. Okay, JD, I'm done, but help me close my message. Okay, on September uh, uh, 13, uh, 2013 in Nairobi at Westgate Shopping Center, a terrorist organization stormed the complex and began shooting. A woman who was a radio personality by the name of Kamari Marshu was in the mall that day. Her and several others attempted to hide from the gunmen that sprayed bullets all throughout the mall. Everyone around her was shot and killed, including a man that jumped in front of the bullet to save her. 
While she was taking comfort, trying to find a place to hide, she realized that the man next to her that had saved her life had just died because his wounds were too severe. As the gunman JD began to make their way and move toward the mall to make sure nobody could escape, they were gonna walk in her direction. And before they walked in her direction, they began to make sure everybody wasn't dead. And so it was dead. So what they decided to do was we gonna walk toward her. And she says to herself, they haven't seen me yet. So what I need to do is trick the gunman. Here's how she did it. She took the blood from the man that had died that saved her life. She smeared it all over her body. And when the enemy walked by, they walked right by her because they didn't see her. They saw the blood that was covering her. See, 67 people lost their lives that day, but she escaped. She escaped, And the authorities asked the question, how in the world did you escape death? And she said, my secret was I covered myself in somebody else's blood. Good evening, QRT Revival. May the Lord God bless you real good. But before I take my seat and go my own way, is there anybody thankful that his blood is covering you? Is there anybody grateful that you survived because Jesus, spilled his blood what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the I'm thankful today that the blood still works and because he spilled his blood I am alive today and so JD how about you come on the screen and help me close my sermon because I got five reasons why you ought to thank God right now reason number one he got up Reason number two, he got up. Reason number three, he got up. Reason number four, he got up. Reason number five, he got up. And because he got up, I know that I can get up. And so I serve a risen savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear the voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how. I know he lives. He lives inside my heart. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord God, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. And so I'm thankful today that even though I may fall asleep, with, if I'm faithful, I'm going to get the crown. I'm thankful that even though I've been crushed, I'm still going to get my crown. So thank you, Jesus, for spilling your blood because it's your blood that sets me free. So today I just want to help somebody realize that it's nobody but Jesus. The sacrifice that he paid. I came here to let you know today that sometimes you are not going to escape trials and tribulations. I didn't come here to preach you happy. I came here to give you hope that God says I'm going to be with you in seasons of discomfort and pain because... He lives, we can face tomorrow. And so God says right now, for that person who is watching right now, who is wondering what's gonna happen next in this world, I want you to know that God says, be of good cheer because I'm here. He gives you the peace that passes all understanding. Father, I thank you for the word today. Thank you for the grace and grandeur of Jesus Christ. God, thank you that even in seasons where we're persecuted, Lord, for your cause, God help us to be found faithful. God, thank you for the QR2 revival. 
because someone needs to know that even in death, that if we're faithful, the crown of life covers us. God, I thank you so much that with the crown, we don't have to experience the second death. God, I pray right now for those who are listening on the sound of my voice who are still playing around with their salvation. God, right now, I'm asking you to touch somebody in their home, watching on their phone, their laptop, their TV. God, somebody needs to say, what must I do to be saved? But God, for those who've been faithful, help us to remain faithful and never give up. God, thank you. Another man's blood has saved our life. We love you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. No crush, no crown. We appreciate you, Pastor Austin Humphreys, for coming and preaching the straight word of God. You gave us hope tonight. And I want to just encourage you, if you're watching, if you're tuning in, if you received the word that the man of God just preached, can I just encourage you? Look, we already have someone who's taken their stand. They're going to be baptized tomorrow. And we're appreciative for them breaking the ice. But listen, if you need Bible study, special prayer, baptism, there's a link right here on your screen and we want you to use it. Reach out to us so that we can help push you along your journey, along your way to show you the support. This message right here had this conviction of the Holy Spirit all on it. And Pastor Humphreys, you know how we do. We got to pray for the man of God or the woman of God as they come and declare the word. And tonight we're going to do the same for you. You did not preach this message without having to hold on to the truth for yourself. We understand that you've gone through trials and tribulations in your life. But one of the greatest testimonies that I see as I look at you preaching the word of God tonight, knowing you all of these years, is that you live the word that you preach and you know that God can give you peace. Lord, help me. Peace in the middle of trial and trouble and tension. So thank you. Thank you for preaching that word. And, and I'm going to ask Pastor G, your brother in ministry, your partner, your co-pastor, to do us the honors tonight of praying and interceding on your behalf. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, we want to thank you for your manservant. You told Jeremiah, Lord, that you, you knew the number of hairs on his head. And, and we all know that, Lord, you... You preordained for all of us to be born. And, and I can only imagine, Lord, that before this man of God was born, you knew what he would do and who he would be. And you began to have things to happen in his life. And you began to move things around in his life to position him, Lord, for moments such as these, Lord. We're so grateful for what you've done, Lord. He hadn't lived of lap of he's not in the lap of luxury, but you gave him the life he needed to do what he needed to do on your behalf. And I'm so grateful that he knows that that no matter how it's going down here, when there is a prize, there is a crown. Lord, you made him preach it so he could see it. And so, Lord, I'm grateful for the crown he talked about. I'm grateful, Lord, that that crown ain't just for the people he was preaching to, but that crown is for him, Lord. And I ask you to solidify and secure his crown, Lord. I, I, I ask you to stencil his name in his crown right now, Lord, and shine it up because I'm sure, Lord, that one day 
soon he'll be able to grab that thing, Lord, but not just him. I ask you to bless Jaleesa, Lord. I ask you to be with his family, Lord. I ask you to, 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 to bless them in ways that because you know, Lord, you know your manservant. You can't bless him without, without it overspilling to other people, Lord. Bless that family as they're being a blessing in their community. Bless their family as they're being a, a blessing to their extended family. Bless their family, Lord, as they're ministering in area after area after you move him along in the ministry, Lord. Bless him as he's been a blessing to us. And we thank you and give you all honor, glory, and praise for what you've done for us through him, but what you'll do for him yes, because we're asking you now. Yes, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen again. Hey, man. Again, Pastor Humphreys, we appreciate you, man. You did a great Bro. job tonight. You were faithful. You were faithful. And we're going to let you go. But again, thank you for coming through and preaching with power and conviction. We love you, man. Have love a good you, night. Woo. ML6. Pastor G, listen, listen, it's funny because I'm sitting there and I'm watching as Micah, ML6, is, is just smiling. I could see her backstage as the man of God was preaching. She was just sitting there smiling. She told you, she tried to tell y'all, Pastor G tried to tell y'all that you were in for a good word tonight. Ah, uh, tell me, tell me what's on your heart and mind. I want to hear from you, ML6, and then of course from you, Pastor G. It's interesting because I have I remember Austin's very first sermon, and to see him from that to this uh <laughs> i appreciate a man of god who studies his word i appreciate a man of god who not only studies his word but lives his word understands his word walks in his word and is able to relay his word and convey his word in a way in which everyone can understand i think that that's so important i love a good storyteller and yeah. that's things uh, our grandmother was really big about making sure we knew uh, stories, how to use them, how to, uh, our word placement, all of that. Like when he started with those big words, all I could think was our grandmother would be so proud right now. She would have her pen and paper. She would be writing down. Um, that's just, it's just interesting and amazing to see how uh, as children, how we've evolved and to watch him, but he knows his word. And I felt it was a timely word. And oftentimes people do get caught up in the, the name and claim it. And it's nothing wrong with that. Let me be very clear with seeing something and wanting it and claiming it. But you have to understand that you want what God wants for you, period. Yeah. What God wants for you, you got to send it out of here. You could look at that all day long, but if it's not what God wants for you, it's not what's best for you. And I think he was able to convey that in a very dynamic, dynamic way. I smile from my heart because not only was it a, a word for me, but it's just amazing to see my favorite just come on here and just show and do what God has called him to do. Man. Amen. 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 Listen, I, I hear this guy preach every single week, at least twice. And I never get tired of hearing the word of God from this man of God. I, I, I don't know how he is so prolific. I have to pull out some of my old stuff. <laughs> But this this man and he's he's manuscript. This man is writing these sermons. I'm about to get on him. He needs to start writing some books because this man knows how to study the word of God and present it in such a way that 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 we all go someplace, man. And so I'm just I'm I'm grateful just to be along for the ride. 
<laughs> ML6. I'm grateful to just be here. Yeah. Amen. See, one of the 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 concerns that I had with doing a four week revival like this, uh, 28 days of preaching. Um, I don't want the people to experience sermon fatigue. And that's a real thing. Um, okay. And, you know, I'll tell you what we're going to do moving forward after the 28 days is over. But one of the things I'm so grateful for is that God has brought men and women of God who bring a fresh word every night. And tonight was no different. Pastor Austin Humphreys came with a relevant and fresh word. And boy, if you were sleepy when you were tuning in, I bet you after hearing that word, you awake and you're ready. I, I feel like I can run around the block right now real quick because I'm excited because that word was so powerful. Listen, I want to encourage all of you, if you desire to give, if you want to partner with us, again, we have opportunities here to be a blessing to those who are in need. Go to Cash App, screenshot this if you need to. Uh, that's the money sign, the, the Q Revival. Again, the money sign, the Q Revival. Go over to PayPal and you can use paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival. Or you can go to our website, www.thequerevival.com. And let me encourage you when you go to our website to make sure that you press the subscribe button. We want to be able to communicate with you and let you know what's going on and what God is doing um, in and through each person who is on the leadership team at the QR2. Let me tell you, we have prayer warriors that are praying. Let me thank our, our prayer team. Let's celebrate our prayer team, y'all. They've been consistent in looking at the emails and lifting you up and interceding on your behalf. And I also want to say thank you to the digital discipleship team. Those of you who've been helping us, man, uh, as our digital evangelists, you've been going out there and as Bible workers, you've been knocking on the, the virtual door of everyone with whom you've been in contact. And I appreciate the digital discipleship team as well. Listen, we have again, a few more days left. Hold on guys, hold on, stay with us. We got a few more days left tomorrow night. We have none other than Dr. Carlton Bird, who is going to be preaching. Uh, Dr. Bird will be here. And then the following night, we'll have David Hudgens. Pastor Hudgens is going to bring the powerful word. And then on Saturday, y'all think y'all know who that is, don't you? You think you already know who the, the mystery preacher is. And I'm not going to lie. Many of you already do. But I'm happy that you don't just get a chance to guess the preacher. You got to guess the preacher and the psalmist and you get a hundred dollars for participating as well as a few devotionals but i'm not gonna lie ml6 and pastor scott i'm very happy that they gotta guess both because if you had to just guess who that preacher was that people could have guessed the first the neck alone Tell i it. know it's 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 yeah yeah we we didn't do a good like the silhouette it, it didn't matter we might as well just put the picture up there because people already know so we're going to release that i said i was going to release it today but no, I'm going to wait for it tomorrow. I'm going to release that, that flyer tomorrow so that you can see not just the silhouette of the preacher, but also of the psalmist. Again, share this word. I need you all to tell them. Tell them, ML6. Tell them, Pastor G. Share this word. Push that share button. Push that share button. It's very easy to do. Some of y'all, I know you don't want to go tell your neighbors. I know you don't want to go across the street and invite your neighbor to church. I know that's hard for some people. But guess what? If you share it, all your friends on Facebook are going to be able to see it. And so it's very easy. Just push the share button and push share all. There you go. There you go. All right, ML6, thank you for coming through again. We appreciate you. We love you. We send our, our uh, love and prayers your way up there in Huntsville. And again, Pastor G, we always appreciate you for coming through and bringing yes, the energy. Listen, y'all be blessed. Have a good night. Meritating that word tonight and move <laughs> forward in God. 
And again, don't you dare forget to register and you better vote. Vote. Okay.